0: The Apostle Paul is coming to the close of his letter to the Corinthians. We naturally call it the first letter, First Corinthians, uh, although there's some possibility that there were other letters written to them other than First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. Um, but what we have are these two. So this is First Corinthians chapter 16, 1 through 4. He's, uh, uh, and and in, the in this chapter, he's, he's just covering some last minute details. But there's some things that he's talking about that are of uh of uh, some pretty you know, I mean, other than the greetings telling them by and all that kind of stuff, there's some stuff that's pretty important here. Um, he's uh giving them some instructions here in one through four on offerings and collections. Uh and uh just trying to make sure that they follow these things. And if we follow those rules, then uh then pretty much uh it'll um uh protect us from scandal and from rumor and from destruction and uh, uh of the cause of christ and so uh we're going to read first corinthians 16 one through 4 and uh and jump right in so if you have your bibles and you're um able to stand will you stand with me as i read these uh four short verses now concerning the collection for the saints as i have given orders to the churches of galatia so you must do also on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside, lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, may it penetrate not only our minds, but also our hearts. Uh, Father, help us to uh, see the truth here. Help us to accept it. Help us to be obedient in Jesus' name you may be seated now concerning have you heard that phrase before now concerning i wonder what would happen if if pastors everywhere would get up and um you notice i didn't uh but would get up during the announcements now concerning vacation bible school now concerning the church picnic now concerning now concerning i think honestly if we were to do that you'd just get tired of it and you'd go it's nothing when he says now concerning we don't have to listen But when the Apostle Paul said, now concerning, uh, they knew that it was something important. And six times in 1 Corinthians, once in 2 Corinthians, once in Galatians, and once in 2 Thessalonians, he uses that phrase. Now in 2 Thessalonians, he says, now brethren concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. uh, So he he, uh, puts in, in the middle of that, the word brethren. But the phrase is the same, nonetheless, now concerning, and it should indicate to the Corinthians, it did, and it should indicate to us that what the Apostle Paul is saying is something of importance. And so, now concerning the collection for the saints. Um, And so, as we look at this, um, this is an interesting topic, the collection for the saints. Um, Are you ready for another tithing sermon? Because this is not a tithing sermon. So if you're ready for one, you're going to have to wait. Now, I will say, and the reason it's not a tithing sermon is because it's not a tithing text, okay? I will say, though, that uh, even though it's not a tithing text and not a tithing sermon, what we read here, what we get here, can be applied to your regular giving or to your tithing. And you want know to tithe this? A tithe is 10%, yes. all right? And so, um, uh, but this is not what he's talking about here. He's talking about a special collection that's taken up for the saints the saints in Jerusalem um, it this probably the offering that was taken up for the believers the poor believers in Jerusalem uh, you can read let's take a look at Romans chapter 15, verse 26. I'll just read that one. There are several more we can look at. But now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. So what he's saying is those Gentiles are taking up an offering to send money to the Jews in Jerusalem. Be, because the christian jews in jerusalem because for some reason whatever reason whether it was uh uh persecution severe persecution by the jews whether it was the fact that they had been selling all their belongings to give to the poor there was some uh extreme uh, poverty among the jews the christian jews in jerusalem so the churches uh, all over the christian world were taking up an offering to send to them so that they wouldn't starve to death they felt like, or P- Paul shared with them, that guess what? You're debtors to them because Jesus, the one who saved you from your sins, was came from the Jews, and the gospel that you heard about Jesus came from the Jews, so you're debtors to them, and now this is one way you can pay back part of that debt is by giving an offering to them so that, because guess what? The message that came to you from them gave you eternal life. The least you can do is send them some money to feed them. To keep them physically alive okay and so the Apostle Paul was was saying uh, here's this collection now apparently they had been hearing about this collection I like this now concerning every time that that um, that we read that phrase it's likely that somebody had asked him about that or that somebody had shared with him there's some confusion about this there's they don't understand about this offering what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to do it maybe they hadn't written to him maybe they hadn't uh asked him specifically but just said hey somebody asked me about this um and and they need to get some some clarification on it so he says now concerning the collection for the saints as i have given um orders to the churches okay so we see what was happening was uh he was having them take up an offering and and um and he wasn't just asking the believers in Corinth to do this? I, I, I mean, that would pr- be pretty unfair, wouldn't it? I don't want anybody else. Nobody else has to, but you guys here in Corinth, you guys are indebted to them more, so you've got to give a, an offering. No, that's not what he said. As I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. You know, um, I, I, I don't know where all of this comes from for us. I, okay, I don't know who I, whose idea the cooperative program was, but this is a very good picture of the cooperative program. They were taking offerings from every church so that they could go help another church that was suffering, another church that was grieving, another church that was uh, was poor and maybe even starving to death. And in the Southern Baptist Convention, what we do is we take up our, our offering every Sunday. We pool that. We put it together. And then 10% of that <coughs> we send on to the uh, cooperative program we send it to the illinois baptist state association where they divvy that up and send part of that uh to nashville to the uh cooperative program and nashville they divvy it up between our seminaries between the executive committee the uh uh, ethics and religious liberty commission and several other entities and so um we have what we call the cooperative program that's kind of what they were doing here i don't know if this was the um uh, the impetus. Don't know if this is the motivation. Don't know if this is where they got the idea from. But it's an excellent idea because those who don't have much get some from those who have more, and that's what was happening here. And he and and so um, the larger churches in the Southern Baptist Convention who may have five thousand people there and their budget is just you know uh, their w- weekly budget is our annual budget. Um, and, and so they give, if they give 10%, they're giving a huge amount to help fund our seminaries and to help fund our missionaries going overseas and staying in the United States. And and yet, when we give 10%, and they give 10%, even though that number that they're giving, that dollar amount is larger, we're giving the same amount, the same percentage, and the same amount of sacrifice as they are. And so that's kind of what he's asking them to do, is to give so that somebody else can have what they need. So he says, Amen. so um, it's for every church, not just for the church in Corinth, uh, not just for the churches in Galatia, not just for the churches in Achaia, but he is calling on every church to do that. Now, not only is he calling on every church to do that, he's calling on every individual to do that. You see this? Um, well, I skipped one. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside something aside. On the first day of the week. Well, what's that? That's today. That's Sunday. So basically what he's saying is when you get together on Sunday, bring the amount that you can give and give it to the church. For them to lay aside, to store up so that when he comes, Paul, he or the people they, um, they choose can take that money to the churches in and to the people in Jerusalem. So we see the win, and the win, of course, is uh, every Sunday. Uh, and, And the thing about this is they weren't called on or asked to just make an occasional offering. They were expected to take aside from what they had left over throughout the week and take it to their congregation, give it to their treasurer. And some people think they may have just been called on to every week set it aside somewhere safe and not spend it, okay? Well, I'm not sure. I don't know how. Well disciplined they are financially, or were financially. But a lot of people nowadays aren't that financially disciplined. Okay, I've shared with you that when when we have our special offerings, Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, state missions, and those kind of things, um, that what I do is I give a small amount each week. Because if I keep it at home or keep it in my checking account, I'm probably going to spend that on gas, or going out to eat, or something else. So. I feel the best way for me to do that is to give a small amount till I get to the full amount of what I'm going to give. And that way, every Sunday, I am laying something aside for that special offering. Okay, And, 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 and again, I've, I'll be transparent with you. Part of the reason I do that is to keep that offering in front of you guys <laughs> for a longer amount of time. Because if I keep it in front of you guys for a longer amount of time, you're going to be thinking about it and praying about it, and you may be giving more to that offering than normally you would. Oh, I need to give a little bit more to that. And um, I don't feel guilty about that at all. <laughs> so when, on the first day of the week, lay it aside throughout the week. Um, and, and I wonder what would happen. I, I seriously wonder. Um, my guess is from looking at our uh, giving throughout the, for the past two and a half, three years, um, and you know what's amazing to me? I say that word, past two and a half, three years, and that's pandemic. The past two and a half, three years. But maybe just before pandemic, our budget offerings w- were on the rise. And so, uh, I'm, I'm, when I talk about this, I'm not condemning in any way, and, and I'm just wondering, kind of out loud. But I wonder what would happen if, say, say a person's tithe is a hundred dollars. And for some, that's a huge amount, and for some, that's not much. But let's, it's a round number, so I'm going to use that one. Let's say a person's tithe is $100 a week, and that's what they bring in. I wonder what would happen if everybody would okay also go, okay, I'm going to give that $100 of my regular tithe, and then for one of the special offerings, I'm going to give an extra 10 every week. That's only, I mean, $10 is 10% 10 of your tithe. So now you're giving 11% instead of 10%, but you're, you're not taken away from your regular tithe, but you're adding to that special offering. I wonder what would happen to uh, things like our, our, well, we can just name them, a few of them, van fund, our parking lot fund, our bathroom fund. I wonder what would happen to some of those things if people would start doing that. And, and, and I don't know. Uh, and I don't know that I really even have a right to say that, but I did. And so if, if that puts an idea in your head, in your mind, in your heart, then uh, you're welcome to it. I wonder what would happen if everybody would lay aside a little bit more. I wonder how quickly we'd get some of these things done if that would happen. So, there's that one. When? Of course, it's supposed to be done on this first day of the week. Uh, not an occasional offering, but every day of the week. Now, we take occasional offerings too, don't we? Uh, but again, like I said, I, I don't just set that full amount aside, okay? I make sure that I give mine week by week so that it can be done and I don't rip off that offering. Who? Who's supposed to give? There's the next thing. Um, let every, <laughs> each one of you lay something aside. Now, that's interesting too, right? Because guess what? Some make more money and some make less, but it doesn't just say here, let those who make over $100,000 a year lay something aside, does it? It doesn't say, just say, let those who make $80,000 or $70,000, let those, let each one of you. So it doesn't matter how much a person makes, they are all called to lay something aside. All right? And so... um, Again, it's not a tithing sermon, but we can take all of these things and apply them to our giving and to our tithing. Let each one of you lay something aside. So it's for everyone, not just those who have the most. And you know what happens every time we reach and go over our special offering goals? Do you remember what happens? Often, people will shout praises and applaud and so you see that kind of giving and sacrificial giving and people are praising god because guess what everybody's doing their part to help meet those goals and to take care of those needs so that's one of the things it does it also kind of helps build fellowship because um, if everybody is giving then everybody has what they need all right so how's it to be taken up it's to be laid in store uh each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. I like that phrase, um, but lay something aside. And, and I don't remember if this is where I got my idea of doing it week by week, but lay something aside so that you can. And can you imagine this? Let's say that, and many of these were probably day workers, or maybe they had their own, um, their own shop in the market, and they, 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 they sold in the market and they made more money. Maybe one day they sold more than they needed to. And the next day, and for that whole week, they were selling well. and So they were prospering. They were getting a little bit more than what they needed, and so they set that extra amount aside. You know what happens a lot of times when we get more than what we need? We spend it. Sometimes we even waste it, right? It's God, man, I got enough. I'm going to go out and buy this, or I'm going to go out to eat. I mean, I'm not just going to do... Uh, an expensive fast food inexpensive fast food place, which nowadays are almost all expensive uh, but i 'm not going to do that i 'm going to go to uh, red lobster i 'm going to get the best I can okay or i 'm going to go to a really expensive restaurant and, and and so kind of you say, and listen if you got that opportunity as you 've prospered, lay some of that aside to give that as part of this gift and do it every week and a lot of times we get paid every week they get paid every day because they, they would they would sell something, there was their pay. They would uh, go to work, and the person they were working for would pay them every day. They didn't get a weekly paycheck, okay? So lay something aside. Uh, and it's also interesting to me that every week when we get paid, or every other week, or every month, however we get paid, the government takes 10%. Actually, it's more than that, usually. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like 20 to 25%, isn't it? Which is absolutely ridiculous, by the way, um, think they'll come in to get me but they do that they take it out i wonder what would happen if we take ours out every week like that too um and and i'm i'm not a big fan of the possibility of online giving but i i do know that if we made it a made it a priority um that if every person in every church would make it a priority to give every sunday then things would be different okay again i apologize it wasn't going to be a tithing sermon uh, so it's given by laying in store, uh, and, um, and we're to give, why? Because God has prospered them. Um, to everyone as God has prospered you, as he may prosper. Um, I find that, that, just that phrase kind of interesting, because we look at that, and, um, and there are some Christians who haven't prospered. There are some Christians who are who are poor, and they've been poor all their life, and they'll probably be poor for the rest of their life. Um, but you notice it's not talking about just those who have prospered, who have made a lot of money, who have a good retirement, who have uh, a, a, a bunch of money set aside in their house, who have whatever. It's talking about everybody giving as they can give, as they prospered. So if they've done better, if they've gotten more, then it's time for them to give a little bit. So, And then, that there be no collections when I come. You know... And, and this may be something that um that is just the apostle Paul saying, "I don't want to touch the money okay and and I admire him for that, you know um, Pastors get in trouble by touching the money and and sometimes there are some things that we recommend be done, and if we're not careful and we have that get done uh without people approving it then there's going to be problems for us and so uh as much as i can if there's a project that needs to be done i want that to go through other channels and not through me for somebody to be the one that recommends it for somebody to say this is how uh, this is what we need and this is how we're going to pay for it we're going to take it out of this fund um i don't want to be the one that's in charge of those things i'm also by the way (coughs) not the one who counts your 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 tithes and your offerings Okay, there are other people that are in charge of that. And, um, and we have a program on the computer for our uh, financial secretary, okay? And, um, and there's, there's two accounts on there, one for the church secretary, one for the financial secretary. Financial secretary has the password for that account. Nobody else has it. She has it written down somewhere just in case, but guess what? Nobody else has that. So all the giving that's recorded, it goes on to the computer, but our financial secretary is the only one that can access that account. All right. So um, it's important that we remain uh, pastors and others above that, above the fray on that. I remember somebody told me one time as a pastor, uh, there are three things you've got to stay away from. Keep your hands off as much as possible. And, and I say as much as possible because one of them, sometimes you get drug into it and you just do it. OK, and that's the Constitution. All right. As a pastor, don't go about trying to change the Constitution on your own. OK, just don't. Uh, If somebody wants a change, they bring it up, you work with them. Constitution, keep your hands off. The cash, keep your hands off the cash. And, of course, the cuties, all right? The girls, the women, keep your hands off, you know? And we see that those three things are the three things that cause pastors to get in trouble more than anything. The Apostle Paul wanted to make sure that he wasn't in trouble for that for keep getting his hands on the cash. And so he said, uh, when I come, whomever you approve, he said, I don't want there to be any collections when I come, but when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. His idea and his hope was that he wouldn't be the one that was taking that. I don't take up the offerings. I don't count the offerings, okay? I, I, I don't do anything with those. And the Apostle Paul didn't want to do anything with it either. In fact, he didn't really want to go to Jerusalem to take it, he, but he did say, but if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. We'll all go together, he says. Now, one of the things that we notice about all of this is that he said, whenever I come, whomever you approve by your letters, whomever you approve. So the men that were going to be taking this offering to Jerusalem were men that the church would approve. You know, I don't know where all to go with that one, except we have treasurers that we elect, that we choose, and um, that take care of all of this. They give us an annual treasury report. And um, they, along with some of the, bu- with the budget and stewardship committee, work on the budget. They do that together. They also do uh, at least an annual um, report. What's that called? Where they uh, they have somebody go through all the stuff to make sure everything matched up and nothing was taken out that wasn't supposed to be taken out. Audit, an annual audit to make sure that. We have, we have men who who are serving and who have served in that capacity who have done us an amazing job, who have done very well. We also have people who work as counters. It's important that they are also men and women of high integrity, men and women of character, men and women who are approved by the church. Yeah. And so the Apostle Paul goes through all of this and tells them, Take up the collection now. I want to. I want to share something else with you because uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn to uh, Second Corinthians chapter eight. You can also eventually look at chapter nine. But there's just a few verses in chapter eight that kind of deal with this. Second Corinthians, the n- next letter, maybe to the Corinthians, and he says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. It appears from what we read in Second Corinthians that this didn't work. That First Corinthians didn't have much of an effect on the Christians at Corinth. That they didn't take up the offering at the time that the Apostle Paul asked them to. And he had to write them again. And if you read in chapter nine, now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is su- 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 I can't say that word superfluous. Superfluous for me to write to you, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians. That Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, hmm. our boasting should be in vain. And then interesting. Apostle Paul wrote to them to take up an offering. Has to write to them again and say, guess what? Macedonians might come with me to get this offering. If they find out you haven't done it, uh, we'll be ashamed. And so I wonder, um, you know, and, and at this point, that's just kind of conjecture, but that's what it looks like, that they hadn't taken up the offering. And the Apostle Paul is trying to urge them again. We know you want to, so get it done. We know you have the desire, so do it. And so, again, not a tithing sermon. Or not intended as a tithing sermon, It's a giving sermon, you know, and most of this is talking about a special offering. And so the question we ask is, How are you doing on your giving? Because if you remember what it said was, Everyone should give. And if they're giving to the special offering, but they're not giving to the budget offering, there seems to be a problem. And if they're giving to the special offerings, not to the budget offerings, it would seem to me that they're not people of, of I'm going to get in trouble for this, high character, men that can be trusted, women that can be trusted. If they're not willing to support the congregation where they attend through their regular offering, but they're willing to support some outside thing, I don't know, that just kind of strikes me as weird and odd and not really strong character. So the question, how are you doing? We want to continue giving to those special offerings. It's important. It's important that we support our North American Mission Board missionaries. It's important that we support our International Mission Board missionaries. And to an extent, by giving your regular tithe, we do just that. Because like I said, out of every dollar, we give 10 cents to the, uh, to the cooperative program and about 5 cents of that goes to Nashville where they divvied up to support our our missionaries but what about those special offerings and what about your offering you see the apostle paul told them that 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 the the that, that, that they were indebted to the jews then he tells them i want you to give from a joyful heart not out of uh not out of um the idea that you're being forced. See, we have much to be thankful for. Amen. Amen. And when Jesus Christ wasn't even willing to hold on to His, is willing to come to earth and give up what He had in the presence of the Father to come here to die for us, then it would seem that we at least can give up 10% so that we can support the ministry and so that we can give to those in need. It might be, though, that, that you're not indebted like them. In other words, that you've never understood the gospel, never had a salvation experience, never trusted in Jesus Christ, never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. And honestly, that's the most important thing. More important than giving. More important even, and I say this carefully, more important even than church attendance. Although, if you trust Christ, you will want to attend and you will feel compelled by the Spirit to give. So, the invitation, the question is, Where are you in your life? Have you trusted Christ? Have you been forgiven of your sin because you've turned your life over to Jesus Christ and repented? Are you living the life that he calls you to live? Are you a man and a woman or a woman of character? We see that there's been too much problem in the convention with that. But are you a man or a woman of character serving Christ the way he calls you to to serve him? So we're going to have a Invitation, him. I'm going to be at the front, and it's uh, it's possible that you've never trusted in Christ, that you've never really given your life to Him, that you don't know for sure that if you die today that you're going to go to heaven, and you want to make sure that you know for sure. So I'll be at the front to speak with you. It may be that there's a private decision you need to make that you're going to be here every Sunday you can, that you're going to uh, you're going to raise the level of your giving. And especially if there is nothing, you're going to begin to give. Set aside a certain amount each week to support the ministry of the local church and for those special gifts. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray that we will be cheerful givers. That we won't feel obligated to give, but that we'll want to give because of the salvation that you gave to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, if there is anybody here today that does not know you, that has never trusted your son for forgiveness and for eternal life, that today, Father, will be the day that they surrender to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.